Hey, it's Anne Samoylov here, and welcome to another episode of The Fearless Launching Show. Today, we are diving deep, as always. I think I always say diving deep. Yeah, that's what we do here. We swim. We dive deep. Um, but we dive into the topic of what happens when things go wrong during a launch. And I, I, I know that starting out in the first couple of episodes and talking about what goes can go wrong might seem a little negative, but if you know me, you know that I'm not negative at all for the most part, unless I'm in a bad mood, which I really try not to happen. I really try not to have that happen too often. But regardless, I really think that when you understand that things can go wrong and probably will during your launch, that you will actually approach your launch in a much uh, happier way. <laughs> you'll, you'll understand and you'll let go a little bit and just be like, and be able to move forward. And we'll go into that a little bit more towards the end of today. But I just wanted to go through those things. Let's talk about what works and what to do when things go wrong. So yeah, um, things go wrong. There are things that, you know, don't happen as you expect them to. Um, and you do your best to have everything in your launch set up, scheduled, a proper team. You know, everybody knows what they're doing. There's like a clear list of things that needs to get done by a certain specific date that everybody knows about. But even with your best efforts, with all eyes on, on the prize of completing um, a smooth launch that actually reaches the right people, something will go wrong. People will get annoyed. People will, like on the, on the receiving end of the launch, people will get annoyed. People will uh, question why you're doing what you're doing. There'll be technical issues. There will be uh, team drama, possibly, hopefully not. Um, and and you just have to understand one key thing in order to get through any problem that comes up and that it's not about what the problem, how to solve it again and again and again, but let's just fix it and let's move on. And that's how I treat every single problem that might come up on a launch. I, I'm not thinking, well, who's at fault here? Who's the person at fault? Let's get to the bottom of that because I think that is such a waste of time and is such a waste of energy. And honestly, I'm not in the pointing fingers game because usually if someone messes up, they usually know it. So why continue to berate them? Why not just come up with a solution for moving forward? So I've been the person to make mistakes and I've seen other people make mistakes. And in, in all cases, the best method for getting through those kind of user errors, like team errors and people on the team who do, who kind of make little mistakes here and there, um, whether it's a person or it's a system or it's a piece of your tech that goes wonky or whatever, or something is received a weird way by your audience and maybe someone gets upset, it the biggest thing that you can do is think, what is our next step to move forward? And um, when I've seen that in motion, when I've seen people able to just focus on what, what do we do to turn this around, that's where I see the biggest success in launches um, because it's easy to play the blame game, like I said, and it's easy to get stuck there, but it's going to keep you stuck. So 
But that said, I do think that when things go wrong, it's important to acknowledge, hey, something is messed up here. We screwed up, this screwed up, whatever you did. Like, I think it's important to have that moment, but then you can't stay there. So anyway, so with so many moving parts in the launch, and I've, I have definitely seen this on, on every single launch, every single launch, uh, even if I wasn't part of it. Um, so it's not like, <laughs> hey, Anne, maybe it's just the launches you worked on. <laughs> no, it's every launch. Something will go wrong. Like a system that you originally thought would play well with all the other systems doesn't work. A system or a tool stops working. Oh, let's say your web host goes down, your hosting server or whatever goes down. Um, someone makes a last minute change that trips people up. There might be too many people uh, who don't even know what they're doing and what their specific roles are. So sometimes more hands is not the answer. Uh, people not knowing their roles has been something that I've seen cause some issues on a number of launches or even the leader not able to give the right work to the right people um, during the launch process. Um, so like I say, you know, it's great to surround yourself with people who are willing to help you. And these people have all have good intentions, but it's important to keep everything as lean as possible. So, you know, you don't want five people giving feedback to your web person. You don't want um, five different um, direction on what the copy should be. You need it. You need to keep it fairly small and, and very focused. So regardless of, of like you maybe needing that input, it's really not going to give you necessarily that best outcome because everybody has their, you're the final person. If you're the leader of your group, you're the final person who has to make that decision. So going around to different people, especially if they could end up having completely different perspectives on what you should do. What let, Let's say it's it's how you're going to approach the launch in the first place. There, there are so many different ways for people to put something out into the world. So, you know, someone might say, you know what, stick to um, PLF, stick to, stick to the Jeff Walker style, do the, do the videos. Um, yeah. And then end with like a live webinar or whatever, you know, you can, you can take that approach. You might want to take the, let's do a series of webinars and partner webinars during the launch. And, you know, maybe that's right for you. Or, hey, let's just do an internal launch like we've done all the other launches and not do partner ones for this very first one. So there's there are a number of different ways that you might want to do it. And you just need to think about your um, end outcome that you want, no matter what you're seeking for advice from people. So um, actually, I actually see a lot of things go wrong when people do spend too much time gathering intel, polling their friends, polling their expert friends. Um, and I've seen much better results from, from looking at the, you're, I mean, f I know that you, it is important to get some sort of outside feedback, but I would keep that to a very small number of people who understand who your, your audience is, understands what you're trying to put out in the world, understands something about your business more than just knowing you as a person. So really pick your, 
your posse of feedback <laughs> very carefully. Um, some other things that I've seen go wrong are just waiting to act. You know, uh, I know that a lot of people don't like to make plans and so they'll, they'll do their launch emails as they go on, uh, go through their launch and they want to see how people react to one thing and then the other. And what I've seen happen in that case is that you lose like some sort of momentum and flow. Whereas if you were at least, at least to outline, let's say the type of the email content or somewhat the concept that's going to be in an email, like let's say you say, let's do a story and then let's do a teaching moment and then let's do an inspirational email. Like even if it's that vague, um, that's better than just waiting to see what people respond to. Um, so, uh, I, I'm all for being organic and in the moment. And I've done that where I wait to actually write the email, but you can be sure that I've already thought in advance, okay, how does this fit in with, let's say this other email, let's say I want to send out a link to the FAQ, the frequently asked questions, because I like to make sure that people have seen that before they enroll in Fearless Launching, but maybe I realize that I want to squeeze another email in, in between, let's say the last one, whatever it was. So you really need to think about how things fit in, not just kind of wham, bam, throw it out. Let's just see what happens. Um, and then the other thing, you know, last week we talked about not sticking to the plan, uh, or missing dates. And, and again, um, I think when you get to the point where you have a team, you have people working with you, that everybody needs to stay on the same page, sticking to dates is really key because it can cause so much confusion on your team. You know, people are working maybe to get to hit a date and you've extended it a week and they didn't maybe need to push so hard <laughs> or worse, like you wanted something earlier and they're still working on the schedule where something was due later. So coming up with your internal dates, um, I might be okay with you changing the bigger plan before it started. But once that train is moving, you really have to honor those dates and honor the plan that you've uh, put in place. Um, this is actually why I really recommend always having some sort of project manager, even if it's someone who's um, maybe usually your assistant uh, or uh, VA or somebody on your team who's pretty responsible, but someone who can keep everyone honest and on that schedule. It's hard to run a launch and be the creator as well as the schedule what has to happen when person. So it's better to have the big vision and then someone carrying out the details to get to that big vision. Um, so back to some of these systems things that go wrong. This is really, uh, this is something that happens over and over again. And I, I think that I've realized why it happens. Um, it, so systems, first of all, often don't play well together or they just stop working. Um, so on a recent launch that I worked on, we were going to try to move to a completely different platform for email marketing because it had the ability to do everything under one roof, kind of like what I use with Infusionsoft, but it wasn't Infusionsoft. And, um, 
what we discovered <laughs> is that the you know we just kept discovering little landmines for getting getting the list imported making sure we requested them to review the list i mean our list had been in there for like a couple of weeks no one had even looked at it so when we went to start sending out emails uh they weren't approved so obviously it didn't go start going out to the right number of people luckily we started our import export much earlier than the launch. So we quickly, it just happened that not only did we not know how the system was going to behave or didn't know all the ins and outs of it, but (laughs) we didn't know that it was going to stop working all the time. And that was one of the weird things is that it, um, there were a lot of down outages of the overall system right when we switched to it. So we just decided, okay, let's just go back to what was working You've used this tool, you've used this tool, you've used this tool. But that didn't allow us to do some of the things that we really wanted to do, like segmenting the list. It didn't allow us to, um, you know, there were so many issues with this one payment. It's not a gateway. It's basically like a shopping cart. And we had multiple problems with this. So... One of the things I hate suggesting when you're in the middle of a launch is switching any big system. You know, you don't change big stuff in the middle of your launch. So we did though. We changed payment processors. We changed it to something that our backend guys knew, loved. They had actually recommended it to us, but we didn't know it. And in our minds and in my mind too, it was better to stick with something that we knew worked or we thought worked, but then we ended up realizing that it wasn't working, um, that we needed to just, we, we just took a chance. We allowed them to make the change. It was a really quick change. Thankfully, I'm still not totally won over by the system because I don't, I just don't know it. Um, however, that was such a big change and two things that it, it didn't impact because we were on top of it. And luckily, um, we were able to, you know, do all the tracking for one of our uh, partners, um, and how many sales they brought in. But, um, I really wish we had just done that sooner. And actually this brings us to another piece is that we had a lot of different um, groups of people working on different things. And I am going to say when you have, if you have experts working with you, do what they tell you to do. So if someone tells you to use like a suite of tools that they've used before and have proven to work on, on past launches that they've worked on or products or whatever, just listen to them. I know that, um, I know other, other people in the past who've worked with, let's say project managers who like a certain like set of deck of tools and tech tools, and they end up working well because that person knows how to manage that from beginning to end. So, you know, how could I go back in time on this other more recent launch? I would just have said, you know what, whatever tools, you know, work Let's set it up. And uh, instead of like futzing around and trying to make it, trying to like make what was an existing tool work, because we just didn't know. Um, There's a lot of unknowns um, and that wasn't a good thing. Now we're totally on track. And the good thing is this was a first time launch for this, this product. So next time around, it's cake. It'll be cake.
for this part. Um, but generally get that e-commerce system set up soon. Make sure that you account for, account for, well, make sure that you, you know that they all play well together. That when someone purchases, their name is added to an email list. And if they've, you know, maybe they can have special markers on their record inside that list so that you know if certain people get bonuses and certain people don't. Um, that's something, that's the reason why I stay with Infusionsoft because I like giving bonuses for the programs that I offer. But the only thing is if you're using Aweber, it's hard to then segment unless you change <laughs> the list. Comp I mean, there's just... It, setting up the tags in Infusionsoft is just a lot easier for me. And I guess it's just something that I'm used to. I know there are tools for Aweber like um, uh, Pro Tools, AW Pro Tools. And I know that uh, that MailChimp is really great. And I've recently heard, and I could be totally wrong, but I need to look into it more, that you can move people in between groups um, uh, because you can do that in MailChimp. So that would be that's a nice tool to have, making sure you can add people to different lists um, just so you can treat them slightly different if you need to or send them different communication. Um, so so just know how those tools play out and make sure that your recurring payments, if you have those, are possible. Make sure that you test the system and uh, that's that's key. And make sure that that system that you choose has really good support. Um, some of the things that I like to use, I mean, my current setup now, and this is not what I planned on talking about today. I'm not talking about things, talking about things that go wrong. But so far, I've I've um, been happy with the backend setup using Infusionsoft and Wishlist Member. I'm fine. I've found a way that works for me, um, but I have definitely thought about using, you know, MailChimp for some other things because I really, there's something about MailChimp that I like, uh, some of the templates, I like the blog broadcast feature, um, but you pick what works for you and just make sure that you can go through your customer process. That's like probably the one thing that if you can do that early, do it because, you know, even if you have like, you make a $1 product and you just make sure that it does everything that it needs to, meaning someone can purchase and they can be added to a list. Super important. Um, now, sometimes your systems or tools stop working. That's why it's really important to make sure that you have a clear like person or contact number to call that everybody has it. Um, <laughs> if something stops working, um, one really great thing that I thought that I think that it's just mandatory when you have any launch, put, make an internal FAQ for your team. So if you have multiple people working on support or, you know, jumping in, because likely if you have a small team, you may, you yourself might be jumping in. So that FAQ might include, um, templated answers to questions that have already been asked, uh, links to directly to the order form. Let's say the sales page is down and you still want to offer things to people, um, offer, um, 
the product to people after the cart is closed. Make sure everything is there or a way to manually add someone to the program if they've paid, but some technical weird thing has um, has just gone crazy. <laughs> you know, so so definitely think about that. Think about documenting what could happen. So when things happen or people have questions or people have problems, document that in, in an internal FAQ for yourself. And it'll actually help you create something for your customers as well, which is really helpful to have that FAQ, not just on your sales page, but in your members area or in an email or available somewhere so that people know how to get help. Um, yeah. So, so that's that. Uh, last minute changes. I guess the word on this, and I'm guilty of this big time on my last launch in the fall. Um, and why I, I think that, you know, my, my launch wasn't where I wanted it to be, but I was happy with the outcome still. But I think that my last minute changes to the overall schedule. I mean, last minute, I mean, early bird was going to be starting tomorrow. And then I decided I didn't want that. <laughs> so I think those kind of things do impact your launch and, and just set off a series of things that you can't even, um, you can't really anticipate, but it's important that if you do want to make those changes, just make sure your team knows, do your best to make sure everybody on the team or anybody helping you I know team is, could, can be a loose word for team, but making sure that you tell people uh, what changes have been made and make sure that there's a public place, well, for your team, a pu like a place where your team can gather and give each other those kinds of updates. Uh, at LKR, we were using uh, Yammer. It was really great to have that because if something was changed, updated, fixed, we posted it there. I've also... Uh, seen people use Facebook groups for their team. I tried to do that for a while, but I honestly just try not to be on Facebook as much as I used to be because it drives me insane. So, um, so I realized that having it there made me then get derailed and start spending too much time back there. Um, now, mo a lot of the technical, a lot of the problems are these technical problems that kind of just happen. There are certain things that you can't control. There's certain things that you can. And like I said, everybody in the best case scenario, you don't have problems, but there's always something that goes slightly off kilter. So just ha that's why if you're planning to launch something, figure that piece out first, figure out the, how will people buy my product and what email will they get? Figure that out first and then go from go backwards from there. Um, the cart open timing is another thing that kind of goes wrong. I think that um, I think that uh, many people who are just starting out, maybe maybe you've done this before, and I know I have. You see other people with certain num uh, like amount of time open, and you think that you need to do that too. So. I think that for one of my launches, I stayed open a really long time and it was so tiring. Oh, it was actually for the fall launch. I changed the open time and the truth was nobody bought in the middle period of the launch opening. It was at the very beginning 
at the very end. So from that point, I did a few tests where I compressed the time because I'm like, you know, if people want to be in this, they know they do. I'm not trying to pressure them. I'm just trying to not go insane because a launch <laughs> that is, a cart that is open for a month is caray, 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 especially because people forget that it's open. If you email them telling them that it's still open, they'll be like, huh? And they'll be confused. They'll wonder if this is a new launch. There's so many things like so many good reasons to have a short open period. And I hear people saying this, you know, if you can keep that momentum up, then good on you. That's what I got to say. But having that long open period, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And I may do it now again in March when now that I have a few more people to support the, support the whole launch, but when it's just you keeping that momentum going, keeping all the social media going, keeping all the ads going, whatever, like, and keeping like emails nicely paced so people don't get sick of it. That is a hard job. So understand why you want it open for however you want it open, figure out when it's going to be open. And again, work from that, work from the money, work from the money back. Um, and that will ensure that that part of the process, which is really where you want it to, you know, that, that piece that people are consuming, if you've got videos playing, sure, that's part of it too, but work from the money back and then work on all those pieces that people are going to see and then work backwards from there. You will... If you start trying to see everything through your customer, your audience, people who are going to actually touch your content in some way, then you'll start getting where the potential hiccups might happen. Um, because you might not even know that they're there. There's sometimes you don't even know something's there because people aren't mentioning them. So does that mean that they're not problems that you need to fix? No. It just means that no one or... Very few people are even noticing them. So, but I, I would still be on the lookout, always have a quality control person who can, um, even if there are three people who are reading it, make sure that there's one last person who puts their stamp of approval and make sure that they are responsible for that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I can share with you. You know, I think that, again, do your best to prepare your back end as quickly as possible to understand what you're going to use, the tools you're going to use. Make sure that, you know, in that little sandbox of stuff that your tools all work together and then do your best once you've pulled together a team to pull this thing off, but then you stick to that and you get someone who can help you stick to that. Um, not sticking to the plan, missing dates, waiting to act, um, not being accountable to other people is going to cause these little problems. Um, but even so, even when you got the best team, just remember things are going to go wrong and it's okay. Wowie. Okay. So thanks for listening today. I hope that you got something out of this and know that with, with preparation, you can like diminish some of these things that do go wrong. Uh, I've got a few blog posts down below that you can check out. There's some kind of like the mistakes you might make during your first launch. And I want to 
encourage you to, to sign up for the launch toolkit. There's a really great worksheet, the very first one called the first 10 steps. And it's the first 10 steps to planning your launch. And this, this will start helping you form your plan and, you know, kind of help you figure out where you might make some of these slips if you're going to make them. Uh, in a perfect world, you don't have any, but I really feel like no matter who you are, unless you've done this over and over again, you may make mistakes and it's okay. The important thing is knowing how to move forward and then spending time later talking about what mistakes happen and who did those and all that kind of stuff. But during the launch, do not focus on the who, focus on how to move forward. I thank you again for listening to this episode of the Fearless Launching Show. If you're not already subscribed to us, subscribe to us on iTunes or any number of other podcast apps that are out there. Um, there's a few listed on the site at annsamoylove.com forward slash show. And that is a wrap. I'll talk to you later.